Yeah. You know, um, so I just hit record, so we're recording now. Um, so what's going on, everybody? Uh, this is another, uh, well, this is not another. This is a, this is a, a definitely a unique episode. Um, and wherever you hear this at, we want you to, to know that uh, we love you. And, um, of course, we are coming together with One New Man Ministries. Um, and you can hear them on the podcast, One New Man Ministries, the W-O-N-E. I'm here with Lee, Jerry, and Bob. W-O-N-E, um, One New Man Ministries is the podcast. And they also have a website, the number one new man ministries.org. Um and they also have a, a radio show on Current FM, uh, and you guys come on at, at ten thirty, right? Or is it? It's eleven thirty. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock to eleven. That's not you know, uh, and more on than Sundays. On Sundays. On Sunday. Yeah, and and more than every no more than ever, everybody. Um, we we want everybody to to understand biblically uh, who Israel is. And this is kind of what one new man has started off, you know, uh, you know, to talk about. But can you guys explain a little bit about one new man ministry before we get started? Lee, you want to go ahead on that? One new man ministries is a, an Ephesians two ministry. We have a mission of reconciling all believers in Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Hameshiach, Yeshua, Jesus, given name by God in Hebrew, Yeshua in English is translated as salvation. He is our salvation, Hameshiach, our Savior. That's the Messiah. And we are, our ministry aims to tear down, as, as, as Ephesians 2 says, to tear down the dividing wall of hostility which Jesus did through his flesh on the cross so that all who believe in him can be one body and have access in one spirit to the Father because we are being built together into a dwelling place for the Lord. And we aim to study the Old Testament from a point of view of Yeshua as the Messiah and to tie it with the New Testament portion and to discuss how the Bible is one continuous revelation, God's plan for redeeming a people for himself, ultimately through his only begotten son, born of spirit. So J Jesus, who was born in spirit, overcame death and overcame sin, the sin of man that came into man through Adam. And it's through belief in Yeshua that we have life, life abundantly, and eternal life. And it's the fulfillment of God's plan. So that's uh, our mission. And, and our website says to see another human being with the eyes of Yeshua HaMashiach is to understand their pain because of we're all born into a world of sin, and that means we all suffer and we all have pain. And and when he says to love God with all our heart, with all our soul and all our might and love thy neighbors thyself, that's what he means. That's how we love each other is to see and understand and have compassion for each other's pain. 
and suffering. All right, so um, we found out that, uh, of course, uh, Israel went under attack. Uh, today's the second day. I think the, um, you know, uh, Hamas has had a, you know, uh, uh, an attack on Israel, and it, there was supposed to have been a peace treaty between them uh, that America kind of helped, uh, you know, institute with the United Nations and, and uh the, the, but that that of course um, did, fell through. Um, if you are trying to figure out, if you're one of these people trying to figure out what exactly is going on, I, I've heard so many things, such as if Israel has always been at war, you know, and, and I do. You look at the Old Testament, and you do see, you see that you see that uh, there's always been nations after. Israel. Does anybody want to just, just at least start off as is exactly why that that is has been the case? Why is, has it been that uh, so many of the the tribes of the earth have come after Israel? Well, I think there's two two ways of looking at it. One is under the context of the biblical portions where God lays out very clearly Israel's history and tells them that the curse for disobedient is going to involve being exiled from their land and being uh, tormented, persecuted, you know, uh, they'll be hounded. You'll say in the morning, I wish it was evening. You'll say in the evening, I wish it was morning. So, so there's, there's that outworking of God's plan for Israel that is involved. But the other reality is that one of the ways that Satan has to destroy the work of God is to destroy the nation Israel. So there's a very strong spiritual component to uh, this hatred of Jews and the hatred of the nation Israel, I believe that uh, Satan would like very much to destroy the Jewish people and to uh, destroy the Jewish nation, because if he can do that, then he will have overturned God's plan. Now, as Lee prayed, uh, we, we know that God is sovereign. He's omnipotent. Uh, nothing is going to prevent his plan from prevailing, but that does not mean that in the meantime, Satan is going to say, oh, well, He's going to continue the attack, and uh, although it will be futile in the end, there is still a lot of pain and suffering that goes uh, with that for for the Jewish people and for the nation of Israel. So I think those two things working together. I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about um, this idea of, of, of the, the exile and being cursed, but we also made a point that... Uh, According to our understanding, at least, uh, with the return of uh, Jewish people to that land, uh, this is now the time of regathering. This is the time that the prophets talk about. Ezekiel so graphically puts it as the valley of dry bones. The bones are all there, uh, and they're coming together. God's called them together, and you know where exactly we are in the stage of bones coming together and the flesh and blood and uh, coming on them and all that. Uh, we're waiting for the day when the spirit will blow and, and give life to that army of, of Jewish people once more. But we, we, we believe very strongly, and I think recent history bears it out, that God has determined that this is the time that the Jews are going to re-inhabit the land. 
and they're not going to be kicked out anymore. And, you know, and Jerry, I think we've been talking about uh, the, the festival of the in-gathering and this attack occurred on yes. Simchat Torah the, on the Simchat. day, the happiness of Torah. And we just did a show this morning on the happiness of Torah and how God's creation and, and the Torah and its perfect revelation, when it ends, it also rolls a scroll back to the beginning and that God's, that through the Holy Spirit, that that creation is ongoing. And I, I think, you know, that there, that, not that I think, you know, I think that the, the supernatural forces that we don't understand in this world probably feel threatened by the name of Yeshua being said in, in Israel and people Yeshua means salvation and Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, is God's plan for salvation for the whole world. And, you know, the enemy is using what the enemy does, which is right. people whose hearts are hardened, whether it's Pharaoh or whether it's Hamas, you know, to try to attack people who love God, who worship God, and who are yearning and groaning for God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And I just think it's so oh, yeah. extraordinary uh, that the Haftorah for this portion was the uh, the last battle of uh, Gog and Magog. It's just really a a, a wonder uh, in some ways. You look at all these things. That are coming that they came together all on this this weekend, the end of the high holidays, uh, the end of the 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 ingathering festival, the Simchat Torah, the reciting once more of uh, of the last battle and God's destruction of His enemies. Um, it's to me, it's hard to avoid the the supernatural intentions of of God. Now, I don't know that we can say definitively that uh, that this is the, the the last step before Armageddon. I certainly uh, hope that it's not. I mean, I think that we're supposed to pray for the peace of of Jerusalem, and we should pray for for peace at all times. Uh, but in the back of our minds, I think we ought to hold also the the, the truth that God is going to come back in a decisive way. The Lord is going to return, and he's going to put down all of his enemies. You know, by, by God's grace and mercy, um, you know, I, I hope it's not this week. Gotcha. So we all pray for, for, for an end to the violence, that God would intervene somehow and bring about a, a ceasefire or a truce. Uh, change the hearts and minds of uh, hard-hearted people to uh, suddenly desire peace, maybe some 
decisive military step by Israel can can make that happen? Um, so one of my concerns is the uh, God makes it clear in Genesis 12, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. Uh, and one of my concerns is one, uh, how the, the current administration left uh, a certain amount of military uh, weapons. You may be an ex-military. We don't do that. Uh, that's, you know, I've, I knew, I've known that for a while. I didn't know when it was going to pop up, when this issue was going to pop up. Didn't expect it to be this. Uh, but we left billions of dollars worth of, of weapons and uh, material in Iran. Uh, and then, of course, following behind that, uh, following behind that, giving billions of dollars uh, to the, uh, Iran with even, um, even you know, and then of course uh, with you know, Rush, find out Russia was training Iran, and then that's that's kind of common in the in the military for uh, different nations to do business. It, you know, war is business. Uh, I, I want everybody. I don't want anybody to be fooled about that. There is war is business, and and this kind of shows you kind of how far mankind has fallen as far as not appreciating life. Uh, but uh, one of my concerns is that America has always uh, stood by Israel, and all of a sudden we see these types of eras being made with the, our relationship, and I don't want anyone in this country to to think that God is a respecter of persons where he's going to change uh his his idea and I just want to make sure if I step out of line please don't please don't hesitate to to to, to stop me uh but I just feel like uh, America's stepping into some very dangerous territory uh by you know playing whatever type of public mind game it's playing uh you know uh, and and I don't. I definitely don't want a situation where it, there's a hesitation in how American uh, how America responds. And with that being said, I, I totally get the government, American government, whatever United Nations playing their game. My biggest concern is, is, is the biggest alarm that I have set off is that churches should be praying for Israel. And and again, this is why this reconciliation with Israel and the church is so necessary. Um, but I, I would, how what you guys take on the, you know, the kind of the government, I believe they're using like half the money that the government gave to Iran and it's actually funding Hamas. <laughs> Anybody? Well, uh, well, you, I, I guess. I, I, I think we want, don't Go we ahead, want to try Jerry. to stick to the reading a little bit, don't we? Go ahead. So, so I guess, Duke, you know, what I would say is this, you know, God in the beginning saw, and we're back in the beginning in Genesis now, in the beginning, God, you know, the fall in in chap Genesis chapter three and and in chapter six you and I have talked about Genesis six, five and six, that God saw that the intention of the thoughts of the hearts of man was only evil continually, and it grieved God to his heart, and he regretted that he had made man on earth. 
So my my appeal isn't to uh, mammon and money and the world order and power and politics. My appeal is to people's hearts because God knows our hearts. He knows that we are. And then, and then in chapter uh, eight of Genesis, after the flood, he said, and God saw that that man was evil from his youth. God knows that we, because of sin, are born into a world of sin and that and he, because he is merciful and gracious and loving and truth, that he had to provide a way for our salvation. And it's when people understand whether they're Jewish believers in God and or or Christian believers that God provided a way of salvation through the blood of his son and that's Yeshua HaMashiach and he wants us all to come together and that message, the gospel message to be heard throughout the world, all nations, all tongues. And when that is heard, which it should be able to be heard now with the internet, it should be almost everywhere when that is heard and people have heard the message and they have the right to choose for themselves. God's not going to take their will and their volition, but when they've heard and had the right to choose, the final end gathering will happen and God's will will be done on earth. So my appeal is people to look in their heart. Yes, to fight for light. Yes, for fight to fight for what's good and right. As Joshua, as he tells Joshua three times in the first chapter, be bold and courageous and trust that God will be with you. Stand in the mighty power of God. Well put. Yeah, I, I, I think but, it's... Go, go ahead, Bob. Yes, I'm just thinking that, you know, a lot of things are, whether they're happening simultaneously or, or whatever, close together in the, in the spiritual sense, but God also says when the age of the Gentiles is fulfilled and the trampling of Jerusalem is no more, and Jerusalem was captured in 1967 by the Israelites. And I, whether the age of the Gentiles is over, I think it's pretty close that it's over. And then the focus will be on Israel again on, on their return. That's my thoughts. And, and you know, it's, he, he, God is orchestrating all these events, you know, just like he said in his word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I, I was like, you know, it does need to be addressed because there's an um, a lethargic nature nature that um, n that the church has kind of taken um, towards world events. So it's like not only do we have this war with science, we also have this war with you know politics. Oh, that stuff doesn't matter. We're just going to focus on the spirit. And and I'm like, no, it's 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 all from the spirit that all these things are happening. It's all the it's all from all this is like I love that what you said, Bob. All this is being orchestrated by God. And I love how uh, even when I asked the question, 
about you know the investment and the money and the the war. Lee was like Lee brought it right back to the grieving of God's heart in Genesis six. So we know that all of this is from the foundation of uh, God reconciling truthfully. Uh, it's really two things. It's an expression of God's grace, and then of course the progressive nature of God reconciling us back to Himself. Uh, you know, for that organic Eden relationship. But of course, He is going to deal with um, you know the wickedness of man and man's heart. Uh, so I agree with you 100%, Lee, with the appeal. And now I want to encourage believers not to be distracted by the politics. Of course, pay attention to the wiles of the devil, the wiles of government, the wiles of a greedy mankind. And of course, pay attention to that. But rem- don't lose focus. And remember, God, like, is not confused about anything that happens. We definitely don't want people to get in fear, uh, which is one of the reasons why I thought it was a perfect opportunity to bring you guys on and have you guys really discuss this. I find it interesting that some of the comments on my page, uh, you know, have been things like, why is Israel always at war? Why is this, you know, why is it always Israel? Uh, and then, and of, of course, some people uh, said who, who are, you know, from an atheist influence, it's just like, look at your own Bible. Israel has always picked fights and things like that. Um, I, d- I do think that this is where sometimes, uh, you know, how God said it grieved him at his heart that he saw the wickedness of man. I think this is where sometimes we all like to play the victim. Uh, but, I, I, you know, we all like to play the victim in, in our own humanity, you know, uh, as far as, you know, what happened to the Native Americans, what happened to in, in Africa, what happened. When you see humanity, you're going to see this level of cruelty. Uh, and I think that that proves that there's something different when God enters into not just his people, but also even the Gentile nations, that there is a change of heart when 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 God's able to have his way. So we are genuinely seeing two different mindsets uh, where, you know, God will aim for peace. God does try, uh, try to do, do family development and cultural development. Uh, and then, you, you know, the it's like the uh, so many of the other nations, you know, it's more about control and this and that. And that's because it's just, it's not because the other nations aren't anything different than it's the heart of man. You know, like their commonality is the heart of man. And the the commonality, the, the connection with the church in Israel is that we're hearing the voice of God, which absolutely changes our worldview. Uh, but how, what do you, what do you guys say to, uh, to that, that, you know, the idea that, you know, uh, it's, it's an issue of, you know, uh, it's it's more of an issue of politics than it is of of spirituality. Well, it's always been God's way to work His will out through the day to day circumstances that human beings find themselves in. Um, he's worked His His will out through through politics, if you will, through history, uh, in a variety of ways. You know. Um, he preserved, he preserved Israel way back when by uh, allowing Joseph to be taken uh, prisoner and spend time in jail. And he worked his will out through the history of the 
everyday Egyptian people who had to uh, contend with famine, but Joseph had come up with a plan under God's direction to, to get them through that. You know, God works his way uh, through, through wicked nations like Assyria and Babylon to bring about his desired ends. He, he uses a, a Gentile king by the name of Cyrus to send his people back. You know, um, in, in Acts, uh, one of Peter's sermons says something about uh, God <laughs> use Herod and and Pilate and your own your own wickedness to 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 bring about His intended purpose of, of Messiah crucified and risen. So so God using historical events uh, in the past should be an indication to us that he's he's perfectly capable and not just capable but absolutely absolutely uh using the historical unfolding through politics through wars through through all the circumstances on earth uh you know god is is in control <laughs> uh, and he, he he's he's bringing his purposes to pass i think that's the problem sitting here is you know i think we we know the big picture but it's it's difficult to say absolutely that this instance is going to mean this conclusion you know uh as i i, I prayed earlier with somebody you know we we know that, that the day is coming that uh, christ comes and uh, all the nations of the world are going to be gathered together in attack against israel and you know, some people have have uh, thought that that circumstances in the past couple of years really look like the coming together of the Gog Magog uh, coalition, uh, but that didn't pan out at that time that way. So I think there's there's that question mark that always exists for us: uh, is is this the one <laughs> that will really lead to that? you know, decisive moment of, of Christ's return. I don't think any of us can say that with any absolute confidence, but we look at the, at the signs of the times. Jesus says, be, be, be awake. Uh, and, and so we look at, at, at what's happening, and we certainly say uh, with some confidence, uh, this is certainly bringing us a day closer. <laughs> Yeah, so so you know that's exactly right, uh, and I, I do believe that you know we are supposed to be prepared and uh, in, in, in what I call word ready. Um, I think that that's extremely important to be word ready uh, and and to see the manifestation. We have such an advantage by having the word of God, uh, and and this is why I want to encourage the New Testament believer uh, to you know really uh you know go back and study the old testament and 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 see the continuity and the consistency because it really does encourage you um when you when you see the media offers so much hopelessness but you're able to to lean on what god has already promised and it, it it's such a like my level of calm and peace even though i'm saddened and grieved my level of calm and peace it's 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 only because of the word of god uh and the promises of god that i'm like wow everything he said 
is coming into play. Like everything is going the exact same way, whether he moves on it or not. Uh, that, that's, you know, of course, like you said, no man can really say. But the fact that we're literally seeing exactly what he said mankind was going to be like in the days of his return. Um, and that's why I want to encourage pastors and churches, like, to take this seriously. Don't just be like, oh, because like, I think that's some of the dismissiveness is where I got a lot of my concern from. Where people would say things like, Oh, this is just all the way it is over there. This is just the way it is over there. Uh, and I do want to address this, especially with the, you know, the tenacity of, uh, you know, the Jewish people and the, you know, the, in the, especially uh, the, the ones that came here to America after the Holocaust and the community, this, the concept of never forget the warning that that something like the atrocity that they experienced in the Holocaust can happen again. Uh, and the constant <clears throat> reminder, um, I have heard uh, people say things like, why, why can't we just move on? Why can't we just let it go? Why can't we just, you know, build a better future? And I get the initiative. I get that. But, uh, I do believe, well, I'd love for you guys to speak to this, you know, why, why constantly remind uh, the world about the Holocaust? And to me, I mean, to me, it's obvious based off this attack, but I'd love to hear it from you guys. Why? Can, yeah, can, uh, can I chime in here before, before we get to the hot button issue of the Holocaust? I, I want to say, uh, that scripturally, Yeshua HaMashiach is the cornerstone. And, you know, he is the fulfillment and of uh, both uh, Abraham, the covenant that God made with Abraham and with David. And he is God's plan for all people to know the one God, the creator of the universe, who revealed himself and his character in Exodus and who he is and his plan to extend salvation to all people, that this is the Jewish God and Yeshua is a Jewish savior who came to be the light to the whole world as God set apart the Jewish people to be a light to the whole world. And God has preserved the Jewish people throughout its thousands of years of history and suffering and attempts at extermination like the Holocaust. The enemy hates God's plan and hates the Jewish people and wants to separate Christians from Jews. He wants to rename Yeshua Jesus so that people don't understand his Hebrew name. Yeshua means salvation. And so he can create a division between Christians and Jews. There is no division it is one God, it is one plan, it is one way, and it is the Jewish Savior, his name Yeshua HaMashiach, born in Bethlehem, and the son of David, and the son of Abraham, and we should be praying in America for 
Jews and Christians, believers in God to come together and that that there'd be a revival in our land, in the United States of America, that we would be one nation under God again. We would be a light to the world. And certainly that we would stand by Israel and that we would stand on the side of life and good. I agree. Yeah. Lee, you're the dude. Uh, thank you for saying that because is here's here's what 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 I've seen uh, is this distraction, uh, not just the division that you talked about, Lee, but also this distraction that there's something that's going to happen that God is not going to uh, prepare or respond for those that put their hope and faith in uh, Yeshua salvation. And uh, I think uh, and the enemy has tried. That's why when the scripture says, know the wiles of the devil, I, I, I take that very seriously. One is not just advice. I think that that is uh, an instruction. Uh, and when you hear divisive conversation, you know, and divisive questions and divisive things like that, it's so important that we're, we're not deceived by that and we keep the focus on Yeshua. And matter of fact, uh, even when I, while while I was asking the question about you know the 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 Holocaust, I know that the, the you know uh, this is where a lot of contemporary people of today can forget that in the time of Yeshua, the people were being oppressed then. You know, and it, do you know what I'm saying, Jerry? That it's easy to forget that the that uh, you know. The, the the Jewish people in the days of you know our biblical context in the New Testament were under Roman oppression at that particular time and yet we still see Yeshua come through speaking this message of hope speaking this message of a a, a day of reconciliation where the earth will come to know the one true God uh, and through and and be saved uh, through Yeshua and uh, I think that that one of the biggest things the enemy tries to do is through denomination or as uh, through tribalism and and we're actually not having that conversation of reconciliation which we need to have more what does reconciliation actually mean between the church and Israel Well, the uh, fact is that this is a tough time in Israel, too, for uh, that relationship. Uh, there have been a lot of stories recently of uh, strong Jewish reaction against Christian uh, efforts. There's a debate going on about uh, what is the best way to do evangelism in Israel right now. There were some really over the top, I would I would call them inappropriate uh, evangelistic efforts that were made, but the, the Jewish response uh, towards those people was very uncivil. It involved a you know um, spitting on people, kicking people. Uh, so so things are tense. There's there's no question about it. And and 
my prayer for Israel has always been uh, that the reconciliation that's only available in Yeshua uh, that is able to bring uh, Jews and Gentiles together, Jews and Arabs uh, in that land in particular together uh, is Yeshua and that through the church, through the, the, the community of Yeshua followers, uh, Jews and Gentiles in Israel, that somehow that that would rise to the top, if you will, uh, that that would be the, become the public perception of what it means to follow to follow Yeshua is that people of these uh, different tribes suddenly can come together under the single banner that, hey, we're all sinners and we all deserve the same death. But God in Yeshua was gracious to make the same salvation available to all of us. And so we can all stand together, neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, you know, as Paul writes, and we can all stand together and give love to God and love to one another and love to our neighbors because of truly being reconciled to the living God. And so somehow in, you know, this conflict that's going on, that the, the church of, of, of Israel, not, not the American church, not the worldwide church. I mean, I think we stand in a place of, of needing to support through prayer, uh, probably through through uh, our, our monetary support as well. But what we really need to be praying for, I believe, is for the, the, the body of Christ in Israel, in the land, to really make itself known, to, to come together. You know, there's there's Arab churches, there's Messianic churches, there's, there's mixed churches that whatever divisions and competitions might exist between those bodies on a day-to-day -day basis, that needs to melt away right now. And we need to be praying for the body of Christ in Israel to stand united together in love, to stand united together in service to their people, uh, to demonstrate, you know, if I'm a Jewish believer, that I can I can love an Arab Israeli, and if I'm an Arab if I'm an Arab believer, that I can love Jewish Israelis, and that we are truly different because of following Yeshua. I mean, I, I think that's that's a bottom line necessary kind of prayer that we should be praying. Um, that God, you know, God makes Himself known through the body of Christ whether you call it the church or 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 the, the messianic congregation or the community of believers whatever you want to call that thing the body of christ uh, in the world that's how god is revealing himself to the world today right uh through the body we, we send out preachers who carry the word the body we support one another we love one another we pray for one another God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And as hard as it is for us to see, that is what God is doing even in this. God is reconciling the world to himself through Yeshua. And, and that's how we, we, need to, we need to understand it. And that's how we need to be praying. You know, I, um, I agree with you, Jerry. And I would add that it's through the word and we need to return to the word and 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 understand it as it's written as a story and as a story it is very clear 
that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, was born a Jew. Is a Jew. He's a fulfillment of God's promise, his covenant to Abraham, to David, to the Jewish people. God's promise to himself, as you made the point, Duke, you said Abraham was asleep. God made a promise with himself. And that Christians who love Jesus should love the Jewish people because they gave their best son of David. Amen. For their sins, for, for the sins of the Jewish people and the sins of the whole world. And when the day comes when people turn to the Jewish people and love the Jewish people, not hate the Jewish people, but love the Jewish people because of what they have walked through. Yeah, they've made, I've made, I'm Jewish. All the Jewish people have made a lot of mistakes. We've been disobedient. We've suffered the curses of disobedience. There goes the Holocaust. You want to rub it in our face? Yeah. But you know what? The truth is, the best son of David, our best Jewish boy, he died for all of our sins. So where's the love of the world for the Jewish people for that? You know, Lee, I can, I can speak to a little bit to that. Um, I know that when I accepted Christ when I was 23... There was an an immediate, um, inherent love for the Jewish people, and I don't know why. I just it happened that way, I, and I, I can't tell you. I think God put that love in my heart, and I think everybody I know of that has you know come to the Lord like this, I think they have that same love for the Jewish people. I don't know of any anybody that doesn't that has truly been born again. Well, I think that that one of the things that, again, when you look at the wiles of the enemy, the media has kind of captured people's mindset. And let's just be real. Um, you know, if I if I I can accept the Lord, you know, in, in, in zeal and passion uh, from good preaching. But I think it goes back to what Lee said about this. This the word is really what creates the intimacy of who the Messiah is and an appreciation for Israel be, through the word of God, uh, that's where you get to really see it. And then you, you watch, uh, I call it cultural plagiarism in a sense, where others have gotten the word and then tried to use it to kind of, you know, to gain control over people or manipulate people. And so then it creates this, this confusion where, uh, you know, like, like I, I've still haven't seen really uh, many uh, you know ministries really say, hey, instead of just trying to fill seats in our church, let's make sure people are educated properly in 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 what the Bible is is really saying. We know that it's about salvation. We know it's about uh, people, you know, getting to know uh, Jew Jesus, who Jesus is, who Yeshua is. But the the real issue is that. When you try to manipulate that and take it from the purity uh, of the, and the beauty that God called the nation to Himself, 
Uh, he never said that the, the other nations didn't exist. He never said the other cultures didn't exist. He never said that there, there weren't going to be other religions. You know, he was just like if you look at it, he's he saying, hey, "I'm going to I'm going to call Abraham out of his father's house, out of civilization, uh, of, of of man's understanding, and I'm going to build a nation uh, for myself, and I'm going to build a nation to be an example to the rest of the world of my desire for mankind." Uh, and when you see that that is the, the who Israel is, uh, when you've been when you've been pursuing, uh, and, and the scripture does say, you know, to study to show yourself approved. So there are some things that if you're if you're just dibbling and dabbling in your relationship with God, or just kind of going through the emotions, you may not have the appreciation for Israel if if you don't even appreciate the Word of God. That that bl- people were there's blood. And Lee, you you definitely triggered me when you said that because it's like there were people who were dying to just get a page out of the Bible. You know, uh, there are people who 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 you know who were their lives if they were the translators of the scriptures were even hunted down and killed. Uh, there are people if you were caught with a Bible that was considered contraband, and you know, so the word of God to be able to even attain. And speak the word of God and have the word of God. We've got to remember, people. There was a time where that was actually illegal, uh, and and the fact that we have access to the word of God and to to not appreciate the word, uh, I, I don't really even see how um, people can learn how to appreciate Israel properly. Uh, even appreciate. To be totally honest with you, I don't even know how you can appreciate Yeshua without. Uh, appreciating his word. And so, Lee, I, I got to say thank you so much for saying we have to return back to the word. Um, and and, and I, I do have to ask you guys this because I, I think it's important. It's like, I know we do our 12 years in school and it's like, oh man, I got to go back and learn. Uh, I got to go back and learn the scripture. I got to go back and learn the Bible. It's something else to learn. Um, what 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 are some things that we can do to get people to fall in love with the word again? Duke, I think we could teach the people how the word applies to their lives and how it how it works in their lives. I think that could be a start. And, and, you know, I, I think that uh, if you read it from the point of view of the best book ever written, like a story and a deep storyline, like the deepest storyline and the perfection of how it, it all interrelates and how it references itself over and over and it's so coherent and cohesive and it's the it's the how-to book to be a happy human being it's the it's the it's the owner's manual i like that it's the owner's manual yeah because if we're all honest most of us most people if, if it wasn't for the word we really wouldn't have too many instructions on on how to get through life we'd be given to our emotions uh and and i do i do know that there is this massive attack on the 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 authenticity 
of the scripture and if it can be trusted in modern culture. And um, I definitely want to address that. Uh, Jerry, could you speak to that a little bit just about why we can trust the Bible in the first place in, in modern society? I've, I've heard people use, let me see, the word is archaic. Why would I trust an archaic book? Uh, you know, and so there, there is a, a modern arrogance that has kind of come upon this generation, but I'd love for you to, to, to speak. Why, why can we trust the Bible today? I'd like to maybe add something to the previous conversation about how do we get people to love the word? I don't think that you can love the word uh, if you don't have a love for God. I mean, what makes my wife's words special are, is because she's my wife and I love her, right? Uh, what makes love letters so grand is the person who's writing them to me uh, loves me and I love that person in return. So unless there's a love for God, a love for the word <clears throat> is going to be pretty hard to come by, it seems to me. Um, I think that one of the problems with uh, people's understanding of the Bible sometimes is this idea that the Bible is just an instruction book or, or a manual, uh, a, a how-to book, and, and it really isn't. Uh, I think Lee is, is accurate in the big picture that the Bible is a story, and it's got to be taken as a story. I think that the understanding of the Bible <clears throat> is, is um, diluted by taking this kind of uh, manual or instruction book approach because you have this incredible, and this gets to, I think, you know, why should we trust the Bible? This incredible collection really of, of different books of different times of different people and different environments the only thing that they share in common really is the fact that they're all jews with the possible exception of luke there are letters there are narratives there are poems there are all these different kinds of literature. There's there's the, the, the proverbial sayings, these aphorisms. What makes the Bible so incredible is that all of these contributions from all these different sources wind up telling one story. I think that's the genius of the Bible. And earlier, when when we were talking about the story, the, the Bible as story, I think Lee was, was 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 talking about that earlier. You know, uh, good stories uh, lead from from the, the 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 setup of the story through all kinds of conflicts and obstacles as as the the main character tries to work out all the difficulties. And then there's a point in the story that we call the climax where uh, everything, all the issues are, are clearly, uh, if not completely resolved, then we know how things are going to end. And in the, our story of the Bible, what we have 
is all of the conflict that we, we read about in Genesis 1 through 3, how God created the world, made it beautiful, everything is good, how the serpent was more cunning than all the creatures of the field, and he deceived the woman, and she ate, and she gave it to her husband, and he ate, and their eyes were open, they were naked, and they ran from God, and God still sought them out. And then you brought up the Noah business about how the intentions of man's heart were evil continually. God determined to wipe everybody out. But the narrative says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so there's 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 all of these conflicts then that are going to take place throughout Genesis. There's there's the Abraham story, there's Isaac's story, Jacob's story, all of the tawdry business of Judah and Tamar. And, you know, you can go on and on and on and on and on. We get towards the end of the Old Testament period. We have Israel uh, exiled from the land. We have Israel brought back to the land. We have the post-exilic prophets still saying many of the same things. Get your act together. Get your act together, right? And John the Baptist appears. Then he introduces us to, to Yeshua. And Yeshua lives his life out. He 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 heals people. He declares this is the year of the Lord's favor. All of those things are associated with his ministry. He predicted that he would die, that he would be raised again. And that is exactly what happens. The, the resurrection and the ascension. That point of the story is the climax. That is the climax of the story. Now, the end of the story is still playing out. But we know that God acted decisively in Yeshua by raising him from the dead, thereby approving his ministry, approving his words, demonstrating, as Paul says in Romans chapter 1, that this is the Son of God with power. His ascension is essential <laughs> because he rose and ascended to his place on the throne on high from where he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. That is a conclusion an outworking of the climax that is absolutely going to take place and is, is part of what's going on right now, right? So that how people get in love with the Bible is to be in love with the God of the story. And, and, and to grasp that story. And then we're called upon not to kind of open up the Bible uh, and look and see what's my instruction for the day, but to see ourselves, where are we in the story? Here we are in the story after the ascension, right? When the kingdom of God has come, but it has not yet fully come. And so my life in this position is lived out as followers of Yeshua under his direction through apostles, prophets, teachers, uh, especially as given through the New Testament writings and the faithful exegesis and preaching of those writings to us today, right? So we, we, we can't cut ourselves off from the first part of the story, as some preachers would like to do, and there's quite a big controversy going on around uh, one, one in particular. Uh, but the fact that we find ourselves anticlimactic after, uh, <laughs> after, after the climax is not a reason to not love the first part of the story. That's what got us to here.
So, you know, you know, it's interesting. You know, your, your question is why? Why should we trust the Bible? I mean, that's a big apologetic question. Uh, we could go on and on about uh, transmission theories and on and on about uh, archaeological finds. Uh, there is absolutely no archaeological find that contradicts the Bible. And in fact, the more archaeologists work, the more they find to confirm the Old Testament scriptures. The, the, the question of New Testament transmission is, 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 in my opinion, completely settled. The, the, the New Testament that we have today is, is absolutely 100% reliable. <clears throat> now, whether people want to go along with the Bible's story, <clears throat> that's a different issue. And I think people reject the Bible's story by and large because it cuts against the grain of our flesh. It cuts against our pride. It cuts against our willingness to admit that we're wrong. It cuts against our desire to be autonomous individuals, you know, uh, because the Bible's story is saying, hey, you are contingent. <laughs> you, are, you are a result of somebody else's activity, and you owe that person your allegiance, your obedience, your faithfulness. And people don't want to hear that message. You know, it's funny. Hey, that Jerry, you... I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Jerry, I think they, they don't want to be accountable to God and his moral law. I think that's a, a part of the um, underlying issues that they don't want to be morally accountable to anybody. Bob, Absolutely. Bob uh, you saying that, and I'm glad you said that. So everyone, we, we love our John 316, you know, uh, and, and, and this is, you know, where I kind of tell like, man, the advantage of really pursuing God, you find out. Just a little Bible history, guys. Just in case you know, the Bible was not actually written with verses like Scripture 16. They actually put that in there to help people uh, remember, uh, you know. But that, that, well, so that's not exactly there actually is no John 3:16, but it's just John and then the the chapter, right? Uh, and, and so when I look at John 3:16 and it says, "Whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life," and and it goes on, like around verse uh, 20, uh, to say and, and that it actually defines what condemnation is. And it says that this is condemnation, that light has come into the world uh, and man rejected it because he loved evil deeds. He loved his evil more than God. And then that's reiterated in Second Timothy chapter three, where it says that the that in the last days people will have a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, um, and that they will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And 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 I and I want everyone to really, even those who call themselves believers, I want everyone to really check themselves and say, hey, do I? really love God and 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 I'm not talking about your interpretation of the word love but the question that you need to ask your heart do you really love God um and and you know yeah it, it's one of those things where you kind of have to look at the word to see if that's true or not uh, and that's part of the issue is that so many people, you know, uh, you know, kind of just assume, well, I love God to the best of my knowledge, you know, or like, it's like we get to set the standard of what loving God means, but really it's God that tells us what loving him actually looks like. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, the uh, reality is that love can grow cold. I mean, even even in the very first century, we have uh, in the book of Revelation, the word of Yeshua to the church in Ephesus, I have this against you, you've left your first love. And I think that we're in need of humility at all times. We're in need of uh, recognizing the, 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 the nature of our hearts and the, and the flesh that still is, is in there to do battle against the spirit. You know, I love that uh, gospel song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to wander. I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, we are prone to wander. If we're honest with ourselves, we are prone to lift up other things ahead of God. That's idolatry. If we're honest with ourselves, our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, and we have a hard time knowing them. And so it requires us to walk constantly with that knowledge and, and, and to be humble. Um, and, and it's it's a ch daily challenge. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, loving is what we're called to do, and we don't have hearts that are completely sold out for that, if I could put it that way. Um, and, and I, I think we, left, we, we, we lost Lee. Is that right? Yeah, Lee said he had to go. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm going to need to go soon also. A big part of this, and I'm glad Lee prayed at the beginning, but you know, we had wanted to get together to, to simply pray for Israel. And I think that it would be good for us to take these last few minutes. Bob, you may need to go also, but I, I do need to go. Uh, but to take these few minutes to, to pray together, to, to be united in prayer for Israel, for God's will to be done, for uh, God to, to protect his people uh, Psalm 91 about uh, taking refuge in the Lord. I think it's it would be good for us to to end with prayer that way. Let's do it. Let's do it. Would you want me to start off, Lee? I mean, uh, Jerry. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead, Bob. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all together, Father, and serving you through One New Man Ministries, Lord, and help us to reach the, the, uh, the unsaved with your words. Have our words be your words and penetrate the hearts of the, of the unsaved, Father, so that they will be um, reconciled to you, all of them, Father. And we also, ones that do know you, that we will, that by listening to your message, that they will grow in their faith. And thank you again for bringing us all together, and we just pray, Lord, that your protective hand will be over Israel, that you will find the perpetrators, and they'll be they'll be punished, and Jewish people and the citizens and the children all around there, Father, please have your protective hand upon them. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Yeshua, Lord, uh, we just, we humble ourselves before you, Father, and we just ask that every soul be protected 
let your glory shine through this situation. Uh, let your word shine through this situation. Uh, let there be a, a spirit of strength and bravery and courage that comes over uh, your people, uh, Lord, and remind them of who you are, remind them of your spirit, remind them of the warriors and the conquerors and the victors that you made your people. Let them walk in faith. Let their faith be reignited. That the same way you brought them out of Egypt is the same way you're going to uh, bring your people out of not just the personal conflicts, Lord, but the, the any government conflicts, racial conflicts, any type of conflict that comes against your nature, Father. Uh, we just ask, Lord, that you protect the innocent that are there, who the young, the mothers, the fathers, the families, Lord, just be who... You are, Father, which is a great king and a great creator. Rise up that warrior spirit in your people and guide everyone in this situation, Lord, in Yeshua's mighty name. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for your church in Israel, for the people who know you, Jew, Gentile, Arab, Israeli, whatever, that there would be unity, that there would be uh, real coming together, uh, as one body of, of Messiah to offer hope, to offer uh, a message of salvation, to be salt and light, to bring comfort to hurting people, to <clears throat> speak the word of truth about Yeshua. I pray, Father, for the nation and uh, what is clearly a failure of the secular state, uh, there's been an intelligence failure, there was a technology failure, there was uh, equipment failure, uh, that they would as a nation come to see that they have been idolatrous in trusting the state and their military and their reputation for their protection when they should have been trusting in you. Lord, that you will teach them that the eternal one of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps, and that those who take refuge under the, your wings will be safe. I pray that uh, this is a lesson that uh, will be preached by your, your faithful preachers and a lesson that will be taken to heart for the nation, that the only ultimate confidence that we can have as human beings is in the one who made us. And that you will bring many people to faith in Jesus because of this. We pray that you would have mercy on the world, uh, that this would not grow any larger. We pray that you would have mercy on the uh, warring parties, that uh, there would be a truce that could somehow be negotiated quickly, that you would put an end to the killing, that you would bring <clears throat> kidnapped people home, that you would indeed uh, bring justice to the perpetrators, that overall the name of Yeshua would be lifted up and the glory of God would be revealed. 
and that you will have your name praised through all that's taking place. We pray for wisdom. We pray for restraint. We pray for all the families who are, are, are distraught, who have had loved ones uh, killed and wounded, loved ones kidnapped. Please be their comfort, be their hope, be their helper, be their rock. We ask you for mercy. We, can do it. we can't do anything else. Lord, it's in your hands. We know you are sovereign. We know that you are working good through all of the evil that is taking place in the world. You are bringing your purposes to pass. Reconcile the world. Reconcile individual people through this experience. For Yeshua, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, and and, and I know it was spontaneous, and I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. Uh, again, this is OneNewManMinistries.org. If you guys want to learn more about the biblical history of you know, uh, today and yesterday <laughs> and tomorrow, you know, uh, it's, it's a great conversation. Uh, the travel through the word of God in continuity, in the heart of God, uh, in the mind of God, as he uh, reveals um, that, that the Old and New Testament is um, beautifully put together and, and equally valuable. And so uh, we want everybody to really be focused on the, their journey with God and, and truly ask, are you giving God your all? All right, guys, we're going to talk to you guys later. We love you. Thank you so much, guys, for doing this, all right? You bet. Thanks, Dick. Right, Thanks, guys. Thank you all. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye. See you tomorrow. <laughs>